I'm Maddie Orton, and you're listening to the Jersey Arts Podcast. It's that time of year again when sugar plum fairies start dancing through my head, and I can't wait to indulge in all of my favorite holiday traditions. Homemade hot cocoa, jazz by the fireplace, my annual screening of a Charlie Brown Christmas, and lots of sweets. For more than a decade, Jersey City has had its own special tradition, Nimbus Dance's Jersey City Nutcracker. The city-centric show runs from December 9th through 23rd at the new Nimbus Art Center. I chatted first with founding artistic director Sam Pott, who choreographed and co-wrote the piece, and Harumi Elders, Nimbus's school director, and then with student dancer Izzy Bakulit, who plays one of the lead characters. So snuggle up, pour yourself a nice cup of hot cocoa, and take a listen. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's talk about Nutcracker. For anyone who might not know, why do we see so many Nutcracker performances everywhere this time of year outside of, you know, the joy of the holiday season? Yeah, I mean, Nutcracker is a staple in the dance world, particularly in the ballet world, where, you know, there is a range of productions from months-long runs that happen at, you know, in New York City at the New York City Ballet, um, but every major city has, uh, you know, a, a long um, production run of, of Nutcracker. And I think for um, the reasons for that are there's kind of a lot of different angles that, um, to think about. But, um, you know, there's, there's fi- financially Nutcracker is a, um, a big ticket seller. Uh, it draws a, a big audience. Um, uh, and then, you know, Nutcracker is, is also kind of, um, embedded in the tradition of ballet, it's one of Chay- it's one of the um, one of Tchaikovsky's famous ballets that he wrote the score for. Um, so it's kind of ingrained into you know the kind of centuries long tradition of ballet. And then Harumi, you're the school director. How does Nutcracker often fit in with education programs? I think it's a great opportunity for students to have their first performance opportunity. Um, You know, coming from a young age, you start from, you know, your cookie and then you graduate to an angel and then you graduate to, for us, it's called ribbon. Sometimes it's called tea. Um, So it kind of, it gives students like kind of a way to continue to grow as performers and um, to continue to step their technique up to their next level, something to strive for each season. And did you both go through sort of the nutcracker process yourselves as performers growing up? I did. Yeah, I did. And that was kind of my my journey as well. Stepping up from a cookie, I was called a gingerbread into, we were called cherubs into um, tea and coffee, all of those things that we call um, ribbons and hente. And we still have those traditions for our students to look forward to. So it's, it's a tradition that, you know, as a performer hasn't changed year after year. It's still it's still something that we look forward to as performers um, and that I get to see my now students looking forward to. Oh, sure. Sam, what about you? Did you do this? Um, not really. No, I, I mean, my background with dance is that I started really late in form, kind of training formally. So um, I did perform in many, many Nutcracker productions, but they were all starting at kind of college age, you know, had the opportunity to kind of jump in as a guest performer um, to partner the, the students at a few um, ballet studios um, out in the Bay Area and then joined the Oakland Ballet where Nutcracker was a big, you know, a big feature of their season. And then when I moved to New Jersey and danced with the American Repertory Ballet, 
also Nutcracker is, a, is kind of a big, big production for them. So, um, you know, I, I performed in a lot of Nutcrackers, but I didn't have the kind of like the childhood of, of mm. um, progressing through the ranks that Harumi is talking about. You know, I've been on the audience side of Nutcracker many, many, many times, and I love it. What, um, what are your favorite parts of Nutcracker from the stage, having performed it yourselves? I mean, there's something so magical about the music. As soon as the music comes on, the lights come on, there's like a, there's a feeling that happens. So I was um, thinking about your first question about, you know, why do we see so many? And I think also it, it, it becomes a holiday tra- tradition. For me, there's Thanksgiving, then there's Nutcracker, and then there's Christmas. You know, it's a part of, it's a part of your holiday season. So from a performing standpoint, um, the music is just so iconic. And it, and it brings that, you know, that holiday spirit. Um, and then as a dancer, of course, you love to dance to that music. Yeah, I think that in the dance world, um, I mean, there's, there's so many interesting things to talk about uh, in this conversation. But I think in the dance world, there's relatively few um, kind of dances, pieces of music that we associate with dance that are really kind of deeply ingrained into the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nutcracker is definitely one of them. You know, people know the music. They know the name Nutcracker. You know, I was trying to, I was thinking about this idea earlier today and kind of what are some of the other, you know, ways that as a culture we interact with dance and where is it that um, dance has kind of um, a draw on a level that, that really resonates with a lot of people. And, you know, I mean, I think that Alvin Ailey has a tradition with um, doing a, a month-long run at City Center in New York City that's, that's become to have, that's come to have that same kind of resonance. People know the work Revelations very well. They know the music. They may have seen it many times, but it still is something that they come back to, you know, and then thinking about other kind of cultural figures that have been really kind of connected to um, dance that, that, and, and, have, and have created a kind of a pervasive awareness about dance and, and, and thinking about figures like Bob Fosse and his, his work, um, which, you know, keep returning to Broadway, you know, Chicago and various others um, that people still, you know, don't get tired of, mm. um, you know, and other, other pop kind of popular entertainment icons like Michael Jackson and, um, you know, people know the moonwalk from Michael Jackson and, you know, that's something that's just ingrained, <laughs> you know, we know the music um, and, and Nutcracker is like that. It's just so pervasive, you know, whether you're a dancer or not, people hear the music and they know Nutcracker. And that's something that's very powerful about it. I was noticing that too. You know, I, I think that you almost don't realize how many places you hear the music from Nutcracker, especially this time of year. But I was watching an episode Bluey with my son and there's a moment where they're sort of like trying to get at each other's ice cream cones and the music is Waltz of the Flowers. And I was like, oh, I know this. This is great. My son's watching it with totally new eyes and ears. So it was, yeah, it's everywhere for sure. Why did you decide to adapt Nutcracker and how did you come up with the idea of setting it in Jersey City? Well, having like a, having this background of, of, of performing in Nutcracker for several different ballet companies and recognizing the kind of the box office clout that it has, um, it, you know, I, I realized there was a real opportunity. There was not a, a Nutcracker production in Jersey City at that time. So um, 
it's an opportunity to create work for dancers um, and to give audience members a reason to come to, to a show that, you know, that's recognizable to them. Um, but with that as a start, the next question was, well, what kind of production would we do? We're, we're a contemporary dance organization. You know, we're not, we're not a ballet company. There's aspects of the kind of the classic nutcracker that I think are very compelling and very appealing. You know, the magic of toys that come alive is, you know, kids just love that, you know, um, and kind of these figures like the rat king, who's like, the king, you know, the king of the rats who comes out and has a sword fight with the nutcracker. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, and then, and then kind of these characters like the sugar plum fairy that are, you know, beautiful kind of, um, quintessential moments to showcase, um, you know, beautiful technical dancing. Um, you know, I, I wanted to hold on to some of those, but I think the underlying question was, you know, if Nutcracker took place in Jersey city, who would the characters be? And so we attempted to kind of basically fill the story with it's all characters that you might meet in Jersey city. Okay. I'm trying to go through my head of who, what I would do here. Uh, Statue of Liberty, Statue of Liberty's in there. She may be. She may have an appearance. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very cool. Will you tell me who did you go with? What did you decide? For any history buffs out there, there's there's a character, Mayor Haig. Mayor Haig was um, for kind of several decades basically ran the town in Jersey City as as, as the mayor, um, and was notoriously corrupt. Um, and kind of gave Jersey City its reputation as a down and dirty, you know, kind of slightly uh, crime, crime ridden city, or corrupt. City. Uh, he's he's in it, but I think the the other the other element to this that is important is that Nutcracker, the the kind of the classic versions of Nutcracker, have a, many roles in them that are somewhat problematic, somewhat stereotypical. You know, the second act of of Nutcracker is like. It's these many kind of various exotic characters. There's the Arabian pas de deux, which is, I think, supposed to represent kind of this sultry woman from a harem or something. And, you know, and then there's the, the Chinese dance that's kind of this stereotypical Chinese dance. It's not authentic at all. So we wanted to, like I said, make, make characters that were a little more authentic to people you'd meet in Jersey City. Um, so, for example, instead of the Arabian couple, it's the bridge and tunnel couple. Oh, gosh. And they're kind of like this gaudy, New Jer- typical New Jersey couple out for a night on the town and they're bickering. And uh, so it's... Oh, I love it. It's pretty fun. The story is about two uh, youth, one from a poor background, one from a more well-to-do background, and they're best friends and they have a, an adventure in Jersey City where they kind of explore the city, they get into trouble, some bullies come and try to steal their... They find a nutcracker, which some bullies come and try to steal. Um, and um, so it's, uh, whereas the the original classic production of Nutcracker, really the first act takes place in a kind of a aristocratic household <laughs> holiday party. The most insane Christmas party you've ever seen. Yeah. Every right. time I've seen a nutcracker, I'm like, whose holiday party is this? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 based on a, a, a folk story from by E. T. A. Hoffman, um, you know, written in Germany in the mid eighteen hundreds. Wow! So, um, you know, kind of amazing that that story has persisted and you know, kind of continues to be told. But we really wanted to convey a storyline, which I worked on with um, New Jersey playwright Alicia Souter, to uh, reflect a story that 
today's kids could relate to that reflects where they where they live and where they grow up and kind of the the types of um, uh, settings that they're more likely to frequent. That's great. So the beautiful thing about Nimbus as an organization is we're so community oriented. And what better way to bring our community together than to have the setting of the Nutcracker be their home and our home. What role do the students play in the performance? How much of this is student-led? How much of this is the Nimbus company? How does that work? Um, so it's a it's a great collaboration of students and company dancers um, and some community members. We have about 70, a little over 70 youth performers uh, within the entire performance. Wow. Yeah. Um, and they play, they play mostly, uh, they have some roles in the first act, but mostly in the second act, we have our um, Liberty Angels. Uh, those are our six to eight year olds and our cookies who dance alongside Mama Cannoli and they're <laughs> our four and five year olds, uh, soldiers and breakers and our rats and bullies who uh, are in the battle scene with our rat king and nutcracker. Also, our lead dancers are also youth performers from the School of Nimbus. One of these youth performers is Nimbus student Izzy Bakulit, who plays Chris, a lead character in the show similar to the role of Clara or Marie in a traditional production of The Nutcracker. This is my eighth year doing Nutcracker, but I've played different roles, so this is only my third year as Chris. Wow, your eighth year. What what are the other roles you've played in Nutcracker? So first I was a cookie. It's like one okay. of the little kid dances. Um, and that was when I was at a different studio and Nimbus was just doing outreach there. And then at that same studio, I did B-Boys and B-Girls. And then when I actually went to Nimbus, I did Waltz, Ribbons, Hente, which is the fan dance, uh, oh. Rats, and Chris. So... <laughs> I think I hit all of them. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, we were talking a little bit about sort of that experience of like working your way up through the ranks, mm-hmm. for a lack of a better term. Does it sort of feel like that? Is each year a little bit more exciting as you move up to older and older characters? Um, Yeah, definitely. Because when I was my first year at Nimbus, I was only doing waltz. And all my other peers, they were older. They were more experienced than me. And they were all getting like more roles, not really, but like more parts of the dance. Like for example, in Waltz, there's like a duet part. I didn't get that duet part until like third or fourth year, simply because like you have to work up to that part. And each year you you are trusted with more things and it's a nice feeling, but it's also like a feeling of I have to step up to the plate and do my part. So it's equal parts exciting and nerve-wracking but yeah (laughs) what do you think about having that totally specific tradition around the holidays every year is it something that you've come to look forward to yeah um I joke about it a lot with my friends they're like oh my gosh the waltz music is like ingrained into my head but truthfully it is something that I do really look forward to because um I love working with this group and especially with the team that I have now I've really grown to like appreciate dancing with all of them and working with the company members as well so it's it is something I look forward to and something that I like make sure like hey like I can't 
I can't do this today. I have no cracker rehearsals. So I have to go. <laughs> and that becomes a thing for, I mean, a big chunk of probably your fall and winter, right? Yeah. Nutcracker is pretty all-encompassing. Yeah. I'm in rehearsals. Like, just, just today, I had rehearsal from 9 to 4.30. So wow. all day, I was there just doing Nutcracker. I should say we're recording this on a weekend, so you're not skipping school. Yeah, no, I'm not. Just in case anybody... <laughs> In case anybody's listening. No skipping school. They're not skipping school. This is a Saturday that we're recording yes. this. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of hours. Yeah. So I already had like a super hectic schedule. And going into senior year, all I had to do was like lessen it a little. Because I think two or three years ago, like at some point I was taking like 10 classes a week, including rehearsals. So all I had to do was just lessen it <laughs> to make room for, for college applications and like the homework I was getting and all that. So time management, it's all it is. Are you doing homework at rehearsals and stuff? Oh, yeah. I do homework at Nimbus every day. <laughs> For you being on stage, I feel like it's probably a very different experience, obviously, than being in the audience. What do you most look forward to during any given performance? Mm, seeing the audience's reaction, actually. Because Nimbus's theater, it's a lot smaller. Like, you see all the big theaters in, like, New York. The stage is here, and then there's, like, a space and then the audience is here. It's very clear, very separate. But in Nimbus, you're right there in front of the people. So I remember like one show I had, I was doing waltz and I was front and center. And in front of me was like this kid. She had like this huge smile on her face. Like she was so into it. And like, I could just see everyone's reactions. And it's just so nice to watch. And it's really motivating too. Like waltz is a hard dance. <laughs> I, I get very tired doing that dance. So then I'm like, oh, my last, like, see that person smiling in the front. And I'm like, okay, I got to finish this. Oh, I love that. One of the things that I've always thought is so cool about Nutcracker is that dance students get the opportunity to uh, perform on stage with professionals. Mm -hmm. What is that experience like for you? Um, personally, it was like, Nutcracker was like my first time working with professional dancers. And for me, it was a very humbling and very motivating experience personally like I want to work as a dancer in the future that's the path that like I feel like fits me the best like I love dance why not do it as a job so getting these opportunities to work with professionals I really get to like study how they act in rehearsals like the do's and the don'ts I get to see how they take care of their bodies because you know like rehearsals can be long I see people like rolling out in corners they got tennis balls under their foot and I, I also could to, like ask them questions. Like these are the moments where I can really like ask like, hey, what's this, this, this in the choreo? How are these shows going to work out? Like it's just a good opportunity for me to study how they carry themselves in these types of rehearsals. So I can learn a lot from them just by watching and watching them dance. This has become its own tradition at this point, right? How many years of Jersey City Nutcracker are you going on? This will be the 12th season. Wow. So, yeah, and it's our organization has been around for 17 years. And in a way, this production has grown with Nimbus as a, as a dance company and as an arts organization. The first renditions of Nutcracker were staged at a local church, uh, Grace mm -hmm. Church Van Voorst, which who allowed us to do this, you know, use their space for free. Um, that consisted of just one act. Um, it was only the second act. The first act was narrated. You know, a couple years later, we, we actually kind of enacted the first act 
so that it's now the full, you know, two-act production. And then a couple years after that, we expanded the kind of the sets and scenery of the of the production. So um, we worked with two Jersey City-based video artists, uh, Laia Cabrera and Isabel Duverger, who designed a, an interactive video set design that is really just visually stunning, um, that helps helps tell the story and kind of makes the sets come alive. So as our company and our organization have grown, this production has also kind of grown into its scope and scale and become come from being something that was very much just a you know do it yourself type of thing with with painted plywood sets to now it's a really a full scale production. We're also presenting it this year for the second year at the Nimbus Arts Center, which is the facility that we opened a couple of years ago nice. in downtown Jersey City. So it's nice to be able to welcome people into this beautiful facility to experience the, the holiday tradition of Jersey City Nutcracker. Well, it's so exciting. I hope it does very well for you guys. I'm super excited to catch it this year. So uh, congratulations on another successful year of Jersey City Nutcracker. Thank you. For more information on Jersey City Nutcracker, visit nimbusdance.org. If you liked this episode, be sure to give us a review, subscribe, and tell your friends. A transcript of this podcast, as well as links to related content and more about the arts in New Jersey, can be found on jerseyarts.com. The Jersey Arts Podcast is presented by Art Pride New Jersey, advancing a state of creativity since 1986. The show is co-founded by and currently supported by funds from the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, with additional support from the National Endowment for the Arts. This episode was hosted, produced, and edited by yours truly, Maddie Orton. Executive producers are Jim Atkinson and C. Stroud. Special thanks to Nimbus Dance. I'm Maddie Orton for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening.